you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Looking forward to next week's series, our the series, our next series that starts next week, Alter Ego, laying it all down, what you think others want you to be for what God wants you to be. God made you. So this morning, uh, as I was praying for the service, the scripture came to me, uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. That, uh, and it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so my prayer this morning is for all of us in this place to be filled with joy, to be filled with peace so that it overflows and it it produces that hope that we need. The hope of the cross, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of Jesus. And... I don't know about you, but uh, lately when I look at the world, I see a hopelessness. There's just such suffering and pain that people are in, and, and struggles in relationships and financial challenges and physical, emotional, and mental illness all around. And, and it's these challenges and this, this hopelessness that, that I see in in our culture and society and then even in our own country there's such a deep division that we're experiencing as a country that if we if we look at these things constantly then it's easy to become discouraged but this morning we're gonna see a hope that is springing forth from the person of Jesus my prayer is that you come face to face with this hope that Jesus restore hope in you. In fact, I just want to stop and just pray right now. Father, thank you for showing us the power and the passion of the resurrection this morning. Thank you, Father, for bringing us face to face with the person of Jesus so that he transforms us from the inside out this morning and show us just how powerful and how much he loves us this morning, each one of us in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we need the hope that only comes from Jesus. In fact, just say that with me. Hope Hope. only comes from Jesus. Jesus. The Bible talks about hope over and over and over and over. And we need the hope this morning of the resurrection, right? Our life, this morning we're going to look at uh, stories. Our life stories. We're going to see some videos in just a moment, but I, I want to kind of give you some background to that. You know, our life is like a story, and it, it includes everything about us, all the details about us, and the things that happen to us in our life, and the, the daily choices that we make is all a part of our story. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 refers to our lives as, as living epistles or letters written before people uh, for all to read, like an open book. And so you have a story. I have a story, and there's different chapters. And, you know, my story began back in 1963. And now everybody's doing this math, right? So I can't escape how old or how young I am, Right? If you're younger than me, you think I'm old. If you're older than me, then you think I'm young. So 
you know, time is, is relative, right? That's a good word, relative. But my story began in 63, and, and I was born to two loving parents. My, my mother's here this morning. Mom, wave your hand. She, she loved me. She cared for me. And, you know, I grew up to this ripe old eight, age of eight, and then something happened that rocked my world. My mom and dad thought that it would be good to have another child. And so my little brother was born. And I guess the Lord knew that I needed to learn the meaning of the word share. And relationships. And getting along with one another, you know. And so I have a story. You have a story. And, and you know, my, my story is that, you know, some chapters of my life were very challenging. Some were up and some were down. And, and you know... The constant thing in my story is that God is faithful. Through it all, God is faithful. And he also, God has also turned everything that the enemy meant for bad into good. Right? So before we see some other stories here, I want you to think about your story. I want you to think about your life. What's the current chapter in your life? Is it full of drama and stress, ups and downs, uh, challenges on the left side and on the right side? Is it, is it the same old, same old? You get up and do the same old thing, dull and boring, just no real reason or purpose. We're going to look at two families from our church this morning. We're going to look into their stories Stories that seem hopeless. Stories of a wife that loved her husband so much that she and her daughters never gave up praying for him. Another story of parents that loved their unborn child so much that they trusted God for a miracle to keep that baby alive. Let's take a look at these stories. Well, I'm Alvin Wilson, and my wife, Jerry. We're married uh, May 11th, 1991, and next month will be um, our 28th anniversary. I started coming to Lifeway Father's Day of 2015 as uh, a regular attendee. So um, Stephanie and Victoria had been asking about going to church. They're like, Mom, we really want to go to church. Can we go to church? And... Um, and so then we actually started up in a homeschool group and we were invited to a youth event through some friends at the homeschool group and we came and they wanted to come so I was like well I might as well go as well and see what it's about and, and so yeah we showed up and we loved it and we've been here ever since. I was raised in a, a Baptist family um, as a kid um, seems like there wasn't um, any time that we weren't in church we had a Sunday school and then the service afterwards, and then go back Sunday night for service, and then Wednesday night too. Um, so I was raised um, in a, a, a religious family. We got married in the church, um, and after we got married, I don't, we never really went to church we never, as a married couple in the beginning. We never talked about it. You know, I know, you know, Jerry would, you know, 
maybe a few times that's in your reading reading her Bible, you know. But when we first got married, we lived with her mother. So I was constantly around that, you know, um, trying to ignore it. But, I, you know, it can't, you know, because, um, you know, I'm hearing it and, you know, but subconsciously it's, I'm, I'm retaining what I'm hearing. I, I knew that she was a Christian, her mother was a Christian. Um, at that point um, in time, um, I was... You know, I still, I you know, I knew there was a God. I believed in God, um, but early on, I wasn't um, angry. Um, that came a little bit later. Um, so I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, uh, two years in, um, went to start another. Uh, a church with some friends and we were in the parking lot handing out stuff and I passed out a flyer to her brother so we started talking and then we connected I started hanging out with him and his family I was ready to leave Louisville and God said no you can't go yet long story short God moved me there um, that was man that was in July and we were engaged in December Married in June of 2015. First off, it's important to say that um, date three was it? We went to the movies and you were jotting down baby names on the back of your movie ticket. I think, yeah, I think was it, it was date mm. three. I didn't know this at the time. Praise the Lord. I have always had a heart to have a family. I've always wanted to start one, but I had come to a point in my life where I had just was like, okay, I'm good if I'm single. I'm good if I'm married. I'm good either way. Have Jesus no matter what, so I'm good. And just about the time I was giving up on, then it, then it happened. I mean, because we were married for, well, we originally said we were gonna wait two years. You know, about a year in, we just said, okay, Lord, whenever you're ready. Um, and that whenever you're ready turned into like almost two years. There were times when, um, you know, she would come home and, 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 or they would come home from church and I would ask about the tithing, right? Because at that time I'm like, you know, really what, what, what does, where does the tithe go? I was so far removed from it that um, I actually missed the girls being baptized. And that was one of, I guess, <laughs> one of the hardest things for me to, to deal with. Um, and this was before I was saved, before I was Christian, because I knew it was important to them and Jerry, and I wanted to be a part of it. But, you know, I didn't ask. So, but, yeah, that, that was, yeah, and I still deal with that today. When we talked about church and, and discussed that we would be going, I think I did ask him at least at one point if he was okay with the girls and I attending. I, I don't know if he ever said quit asking or but there was a point in time where I just didn't ask. It was you know in my mind it was an obvious you're always welcome you know so if you want to come come. I was taught faith you know as a teenager and so um, 
I didn't, I didn't give up. I mean, there were points in time where it was frustrating and, you know, sometimes you feel like you're beating your head up against a wall. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I ever felt like it would never happen. It was taking a long time. <laughs> it seemed like it was taking a long time. Yeah, when we when we started trying and it didn't happen as quickly as we were thinking it would. Yeah. Then it became, you know, the the what ifs and the the testing of faith and God's timing and all that kind of stuff. I went and got a test. Um it was positive, and so I sent a picture of it to Leighton, um, and then I scheduled a doctor's appointment that day just to confirm, you know, um, and the doctor's appointment confirmed it, and so it was just so awesome. Well, um, Sharita had um, surprised me, had a friend that flew airplanes, or her stepdad did, so we were going to go on a plane ride and then have dinner afterwards. Um, and she went to use a restroom. Well, that's when the car accident occurred and the car was totaled. How many days was it? Or was it a week It was week about or so? a week because that August 31st, that was a Friday night. And it was Thursday evening that I just was not feeling well. I had started feeling poorly over the week. Thursday, I couldn't really even lay down. Um, and then at 3 a.m. on Friday morning, so nearly a week after the accident, um, crisis, <laughs> crisis. So she was, um, bleeding out. And so we immediately went to the emergency room and so that her, um, placenta had become detached from the uterus and it was causing a lot of bleeding. And um, not just bleeding, I was starting to dilate and I was having labor contractions. I went into labor that day, and I was 22 weeks at the time. The likelihood of her surviving was very low. I think they said 18% or less. But at 23 weeks, that, sh that percentage shot up. And the reality is my body just couldn't really handle it well. By day four, um, I, my stomach was so messed up, um, and I, was, I mean, really struggling, they uh, said that they were going to do a cesarean, that they were going to take her by cesarean because she seemed to be in distress. Um, and so they were getting ready to prep me for cesarean and they couldn't find her heart rate at all. And they freaked out for a minute. We made it to the 23 week mark. Yes. To the day. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I remember... When the doctor first came in, he's like, he asked us if if the baby was born at 22 weeks, if we wanted to keep her. And then, you know, we were just trying to, we were trying to cling to faith, trying to remember all the things that I declared about faith and about healing and all these things and all the words that I heard from the Lord about her life. I just, I, I was silent for a good, good portion of it. Um... We know the promise of God over our lives and over our family. Um, but let's set our hearts to be like um, the boys in the furnace. Like, if our God delivers us, awesome, amen, we're excited, he's God.
if he doesn't, he's still God. As heartbreaking as that will be, let's set our hearts to to just trust him no matter what. Just even, you know, thinking about it, it's just, whew. God has done miracles. Yeah. So, <laughs> these are the diapers she was wearing when she was first born. Yeah. And it was big on her. That tiny diaper was big on her. And just the whole time we're just praying, we're like, she is, she's healthy, she's, she is what God has called her to be. One thing that we heard throughout her time in the NICU was, she's a fighter, she's feisty, she's, and she would, I mean, even when she was younger, I mean, active, she was just moving, moving, moving. Um, they were afraid of, of issues with her eyes. Her eyes are healthy, yes. normal. Um, the breeding, bleeding on the brain. We haven't, doctors haven't seen any indication that it's affected her development or her motor skills or anything like that. Um, her lungs, she's off of all of her breathing assistance. I mean, she, we had heart monitors and, and oxygen monitors. And she was um, on oxygen support even when we brought her home. They, that, that's another story in and of itself. Yeah. So her birthday was, was supposed to be the original her due date, date. Yeah. Uh -huh, that she was to come home. Mm -hmm. And I, I just started saying, no, she's going to be home early. She's going to be home before that. Um, and she ended up coming home. They ended up releasing her December 25th. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yeah. We got our baby. Yeah. But. Yeah, it got, I got to the point where I couldn't fight it anymore. Just, you know, as, as a, a, a human in my flesh and form, there is no way that, you know, I can put up a guard or fight God back because you know I realize now that you know all this was part of his plan and there's so much more to it than I could even even fathom I was in Texas and um, every night before we go to bed we would FaceTime you know, Jerry and the girls and then myself and I'm sitting in the bed and FaceTime and, and I just said, hey girls, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, huh, okay. When I get back, I said, I'm going to go to church with y'all on Sunday. So it was Father's Day, Sunday, and y'all just got back from the retreat. And um, the pastors had asked all the kids to come up to the front and just say a little something about what they took away from the trip. You're going through four, five, six, eight kids, and then here comes Victoria. 
she's near the end of the line because I think she's still a bit shy. She just want to make sure she she knew what she's going to say. Maybe steal somebody else's, right? So she gets the microphone, and she says, <laughs> she says, really, about the only thing that I I want to say is. My dad is sitting out in, in the seats, and I was wondering how long it was going to take him to get here to church. And she handed the mic back. <laughs> and, of course, the whole church is like, oh. You know, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is, this is where I need to be. You know, they knew where they were going when they died. And I think they kind of knew where I may be going. You know, and at that point, I realized I don't want to go to that place. I want to go to that place. Yes. So the the night that I got saved, um, it was September twenty fifth of two thousand fifteen, and leading up to that week, um, uh, Ken and Trudy Blunt were the guest speakers that weekend. They were coming in Friday, um, and, and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I felt I felt different. Um, I felt I, I, I felt like something was changing. So Friday, um, Ken and Trudy are speaking, and um, I'm listening, I'm absorbing this, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I just kind of I, I kind of lean forward, and and it's it's like all of it's like a weight. I can feel an extra weight on me, and I'm just say I say under my breath. Nobody could hear me. I said, "God, I can't do this anymore by myself." I said, "I need you. I need Jesus." And then Kim, right into the altar call, and I, I'm I'm like I'm scooting up. I'm on my seat and I'm shaking, and he's he's going on and he's going and and I feel like he's stalling. And finally, he says, "So if there's anybody in here that wants to accept." The Lord Jesus Christ, as their as their Lord and Savior, raise your hand. I said, mm. <laughs> and I looked around and I'm like, I am the only one here that has my hand raised, but I'm okay with that. He leans in and he says, "What's your name?" I said, "My name is Alvin Wilson." He goes, "He goes, are you ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior?" And I said, "Yes." He goes, "Oh my gosh, dude, you really are, aren't you?" I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's just like the whole church just rejoiced, <laughs> you know, and, and, and Ken hugged me and then Pastor Bruce come up and hugged me and, you know, guys hug, right? And then they, they let go. So I hugged and I let, and he's like, mm. he kept pulling me in tighter and tighter and tighter. And he, he said, we love you. He said, we love you. He said, we've been waiting on this day. <laughs> we've been waiting on this day. He said, we knew it was coming. We knew it would come. <laughs> I know it's sometimes difficult, and there's times where you maybe think that um, it's never going to happen, or that you know God's you know God's not hearing your prayer, but He is, and and you um, you can't see what's going on behind the scenes. You can't see the little things that are. Um, being put in place, being put in place, or being said, yes, um, you know, because God can place certain people in the path to plant the seeds, and um, and your prayer helps every seed grow. So 
um, you just keep praying and eventually it happens. There's a song that we sing on the worship team called Defender. Um, and the pre-chorus of that song is all I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. And the chorus is hallelujah. You have saved me so much better this way or so much better your way. And I guess I would say it is really better to trust him. Lexi could have had the same outcome, but I could have been worried and sick and anxious and trembling and depressed and all of these things. And she could still have the same outcome today because God is good. Or I could have chosen to walk in peace because I have a relationship with him and he offers that to me. Just praise, just worship, just bow down and just stay still. Trust him and and walk in peace because it really is better that way because he can deliver whether you're anxious or whether you're at peace. Um, And it really is much better that way. And I would encourage people because I know that there are folks who have believed and things didn't work out the way they were expecting them to. And I would want to encourage them because all it all that this thing requires is faith is a mustard seed, which is a very small thing. Like we're going through into this fire and we're believing it's gonna turn out this way. But even if it doesn't, we know who our God is. We know that he loves us. He's still good. We know that he he's the God who turns negative situations into our for our good. Mm-hmm. His character, that he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. Um, then we ha- then that does bring that peace. From hopelessness to miraculous. Walkers, would you guys come up here and show us Lexi? Jerry, will you come? Come stand right up here. I know Alvin is watching. Alvin, Alvin's connected. He's actually in the hospital at the moment. And so we're praying for his speedy recovery. But I wanted you guys to see this miracle of Lexi Walker. Born at 23 weeks. Wow. Wow. So listen. If you're standing believing for a miracle... It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Yay. (laughs) So, thank you guys. Let's give the Lord a hand as they go back to their seat. Thank you. So, I want to bring our attention 
to the story of Jesus. I mean, wasn't, wasn't these stories awesome? You guys can't tell it right now, but my microphone's going the, down the back of my pants. <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened, but, you know, whatever. It's just stuff, right? This is a real church with real people. I'll put it up here for the rest of the service. Listen, the stories that we saw here, weren't they exciting? Weren't they... This is not entertainment, guys. This is not reality TV. This is God meeting the needs of people. This is people reaching up for God when there's no other hope anywhere. A, a wife who prayed for, her, for years for her husband, and God turned his heart like that. I mean, he was working all the way. I'm telling you, God is big. He's huge, and he wants to do huge things in your life. I, I'm grateful today because... The Bible leaves the details about Jesus' life, his story. The mo from the moment he was born, he was faced with challenge after challenge after challenge. You know, even, I mean, Herod wanted to kill the baby boys. And so his parents had to flee to Egypt. There was challenge after challenge. And, and somewhere, somewhere down the line, we got this idea that when, when we come to Christ and we begin to follow Christ, that everything's going to be easy. But that's not true. There's going to be challenges to our faith. Back to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 that I prayed when we began. That may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. It's as you trust in him that he fills you with joy and he fills you with peace so that you're overflowing. That you're overflowing with hope. It's hope. It's trust in God that brings you to the next chapter in your story. And so Jesus, in his life, were, he was met with challenge after challenge after challenge. And, and his trust and his faith in his father was challenged over and over and over again. And guess what? He lifted up a hallelujah. He lifted up a hallelujah. We're going to sing that song here in just a moment. But I want to give you some, some scripture. This is going to be rapid fire. But I'm going to go about six scriptures here. Proving that the resurrection of God was the love of God in demonstration. Romans 6, 4, and 5. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism unto death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we had been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that fill you with hope? Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 4. He was buried and, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. It is written, it is finished. Jesus won. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Wow. See what his resurrection did. It wasn't just to prove, the resurrection of Jesus was not just to prove that God is powerful. 
The resurrection of Jesus was to prove that God loves you, that he has a plan for you, that he wants to fill you with hope and bring you through to the next chapter in victory. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 says, And Jesus Christ our Lord was shown to be the Son of God when God powerfully raised him from the dead by the means of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of God raising Christ from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6 and verse 9 says, We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. And if we're in Christ and he's in us, then death no longer has power over us. In fact, when we leave this earth, if we know Christ and we belong to him and we confess him as our Lord, it's just a transition from this earthly walk to a heavenly walk. That quick. Romans uh, chapter 10 and verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's, what's, that's what the resurrection produced. Salvation for us. Because Jesus raised from the dead, we can have eternal life. We can be united with the Father, be part of his family, and have the peace and the joy and be over, overflowing with hope. The world needs hope, and it's only found in Jesus. And one last scripture in John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. This, this scripture means a lot because Jesus was touched with the feeling of our infirmity. His friend, Lazarus, had died, and he went to the tomb of Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. And the sisters of Lazarus, when Jesus got to uh, the tomb, said, why, why didn't you come earlier? And Jesus, trusting in his father and loving his friend Lazarus, said, uh, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. This is John eleven twenty five. He said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And so I'm asking you, do you believe this? Does, does, is Jesus who he says he is? Did he do what he said he would do? And he did it for you because he loved you. Because he loves you. I want us to bow our, bow our head and close our eyes. This is a moment in your story where you have to make a decision. Do you believe that the resurrection... That Jesus rose from the dead. It, listen, Easter is not about bunnies and eggs and candy and flowers. It's about the King of kings and the Lord of lords who gave his life for you. His faith was challenged to the ultimate. He took stripes upon his back. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was scoffed at. He was lied about. He was betrayed. He was abandoned for you. He had to go to that depth so that he could raise you up.
But there's one thing you have to believe. You have to trust. You have to give your life to him. And I'm going to ask you that question. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you decided to follow him? Only you know that. This is a question between you and God. It's not between you and me. I'm grateful if you say yes. Because I've said yes. And I know what it has done in my life. When I was 11 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I've never regretted a moment of it. If you need to make that decision today, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I'm just going to ask you to, in your heart, just ask Jesus into your life. Just surrender your will. Surrender your life to him. Use words like like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me. Of all my sin, I choose today to follow you. I accept you as my Savior. And I decide today to make you my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk with you every day. In Jesus' name. Now look real quick up here. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to do something before the sun goes down today. I want you to share that with someone. I mentioned before we have the cards there in front of you. One says decide. You can check the box that I accepted Jesus today. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.